Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter. Morning everyone, um, here I am again, another sunny day in Naples. Um, it doesn't stop here, we just continue to get cold weather and sun. Thank God it's not raining. <laughs> um, hope you're all well. Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. As I said, it's another sunny day here, um, and I am delighted to have um, my guest this morning, Paul Braddock. Um, Paul is... Oh, good morning. morning. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I was wor worried um, that I, I was worried I was going to miss you, actually, um, or maybe catch up with you later on in the day. I, I, I don't know about you, but I always get confused about time. And it's something that even when I when I used to do interviews and things like that, I'd always be, you know, sending extra emails to say I'm really sorry, I've I've mucked up Italy time with your time. I don't know how I don't know how you cope, Paul, because you have, um, you have quite you work in quite a lot of of time zones. Yeah. Just before I um I start asking you some questions, I just wanted to introduce you for the listeners who have joined. Paul Grant, I'll say that again. Paul is the manager of the British Council Teaching English website, which um, for ELT teachers in particular is the go-to website for everything. Paul has been managing it for 10 years, which is um, a decade. I was trying to, I tried to look for a synonym for decade, <laughs> but, but I couldn't actually find one. I don't know if you've got one. Prison sentence? No, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, it, yeah, a long time. <laughs> a long time, but um, an incredible resource. No. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of evolved. Um, yeah. I mean, the site itself actually this year will have been running for twenty years. So I've kind of been managing it for just over half of its its lifetime. I think. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's definitely evolved. But then in terms of, of technology and, I suppose, lockdown, the evolution um, hmm. has probably been significantly greater in the last 10 years. Um, I think I don't so. Think. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, no, it has. I mean, we've had all sorts of technological advances coming along in those 10 years, obviously. With the site, we've needed to, to try and kind of keep up with that as much as possible. <laughs> as, well, as well as you can yeah, <laughs> obviously yeah. having to get it approved and all those kind of well, things well, takes. we'll get on we'll get on to teaching English a bit later um I when I when I sort of advertised that I was going to be talking to you a lot of people um were excited by this because you are always the person asking the questions mm. 
And I did actually wonder if you'd end up interviewing me, but um, I'm going to try and interview you. <laughs> Um, and people were really, really curious about your, your career journey because you've lived in a lot of countries and obviously done lots of things. Um, can you just talk us through your, your teaching journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so I started off uh, in Madrid in Spain back in 1998, uh, having moved there from, from Newcastle um, and was planning to kind of just do a year to try and uh, you know just sort of get away and try something different um and then it ended up sort of not really going back to the uk i mean obviously i've been back <laughs> but not going back to live um, mm -hmm. and, and work so i did a year in um in madrid which was interesting I think my, one of my first experiences of teaching was in a store cupboard because i didn't have enough classrooms so that was um that was an interesting introduction a store cupboard <laughs> It was the cupboard where they kept all the books and it was also where they kept the printer. Um, so when students <laughs> enrolled on a course, um, the, the secretary would come in and take the print off uh, from my classroom. So I, I used to get interrupted quite a lot. But uh, yeah, so that was, that was fun. Um, and then it's all kind of been downhill really since then. Uh, what did I do? So Madrid, that was for a year. And then, went, then I did actually end up going back to the UK and teaching in Hastings at IH, International mm -hmm. House in Hastings for... For about six months um, before heading off to Japan again as a as an English language teacher, um, wow. and that was that was interesting. That was kind of just over a year, year a year and a bit. Um, Japan is one of my my bucket list okay. um, countries. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, it's a mm. kind of mix of of sort of very traditional. Um, with the kind of the Shinto and the Buddhism and the temples and everything and the rituals and all of that. And then you sort of contrast that with the, you know, with the crazy neon and everything else. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun, um, certainly interesting place to be. Um, but I think, yeah, a year was probably enough. So after that, uh, we came back, uh, with my, came back with my partner, we came back to Europe, um, to Poland to do a Cambridge diploma. Um, I spent a bit of time doing that, mm -hmm. um, which was intense but enjoyable. And then, yeah, it's, I kind of moved on. And that was, after that was where I got my first job at the British Council in Budapest uh, in Hungary okay. um, and kind of became, well, as a teacher and then became an exams coordinator. So we were there for two years and then on to Lisbon, uh, again, was a teacher at the British Council. And then became a kind of well a coordinator of one of the offsite centres. Um, so mm, no, 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 no. That's quite um, a common. Um, it, that happens a lot there. There are quite a few centres yeah. out there. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's yeah. It's it's interesting because you sort of go from this this sort of role as a as a teacher and onto one of, one of the teachers to then having a bit, a bit of responsibility. Mm. Um, and suddenly sort of things change slightly. People kind of talk to you in a slightly different way. Um, they, expect, <laughs> they, they expect you to have answers that they don't. So that's, uh, you know, that's an interesting one. Um, and then I think off the back of that, I then I applied for and got a senior teacher role to more of a yeah, sort of managerial role at the British Council. And that was in Barcelona. That was back mm. in 2005. Um, and I was responsible for teacher development there and ICT, so kind of using technology in the classroom. Um, 
and yeah, and training for about five or six years. And then during that time, I think I mean I think the, the nice thing or the great thing about Barcelona um, at that point was it was a real hub for um, for English language teaching. A lot of people were living there who <clears throat> were kind of experimenting with new technologies that were coming through. And also, it kind of coincided with the start of um, of Twitter, really, as a, as a as a kind of a community of practice, I suppose, or PM yeah. as they were called um, back then. Um, so I got quite heavily involved in that. Sounds like a cult. I got quite heavily involved in Twitter, <laughs> um, but it was great. I mean, it was great. Suddenly, this this kind of you know, you had this. It's a bit of a cliche, but you you went from having a very physical staff room with X number of teachers coming in and out of the teaching centre to, to expanding that staff into to, to a global online space, um, which was, at the time, was, was, was fantastic, especially because I think at the same time as that, there were there was a lot more technology being used in the classrooms, a lot more apps, a lot more kind of websites that teachers were experimenting with. So Twitter was the place really to, to share ideas about that and share um I must, I must admit, sort of in terms of social media, I prefer Twitter. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously Morning Harry. Oh, hang on a sec. <laughs> Whoops. You <all> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Twitter is actually one of my prefer preferred. Hang on. You keep talking, Paul. <laughs> Just, yeah. Twitter's one of Jane's preferred uh, channels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was mine, I think, for a long time. Um, and, you know, some of the, the kind of the friendships that I, that I have now uh, are, are kind of based on the people that I met on Twitter. I think mm-hmm. less, less so perhaps um, these days, but it was, yeah, it was something quite, there was a buzz about it. It was quite exciting, I think, at the time. So, yeah, for, for a good few years, that was, that was my sort of go-to place for, for resources and for teacher development and for any kind of training um, that I was planning in the, the sort of physical teaching centre. Um, I would sort of tend to go to Twitter and say, you know, I'm doing a training session on XYZ, has anyone got any ideas or mm. can anyone recommend any good websites that teachers can use? And, you know, there would always be um, a lot of responses. So it was, it was yeah, fantastic for that. Um, I think now I have less time for it, but, you know, so I think <laughs> yes. it still has a lot of value. <laughs> but you stayed in you stayed in Barcelona, and you're still mm. there. I mean, I can remember the year of the young learners. I think that was probably about 2005, or okay. so. And coming to Barcelona and 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 visiting the centre there um, it was amazing. Mm. Or there was that was I think when they still had the the young learners school. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were two centres. It was a young learners, a dedicated young learners centre, which, mm. according according to legend, used to be um, Diego Maradona's house. Um, <laughs> well, there's a there's a connection, Paul, because yeah. <laughs> he spent quite a lot of time here. But you've actually been here, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> so shall we tell been. Shall we tell our listeners that story? <laughs> can, if you, if you, yeah. Would you yeah. like to tell it, or shall I? <laughs> No, it'd be interesting to hear your angle. But yeah, okay, go on then, I will. No, I mean, everybody knows that Paul is an extremely organised person. He has to because he, <laughs> he's responsible for a huge website. Um, he was so organised that he even, he, he did a house swap with a colleague of mine here in Naples 
and he arranged for her to bring bring the keys to um, a meeting in Prague so that he had the keys ready for when he got to Naples. And then he arrived in Naples with his family, his children, his wife and his mum <laughs> and yes. suddenly realised he'd left the keys at home. <laughs> and so Paul phoned me to see if I had a spare set, which I didn't. Um, but that was really nice, wasn't it? I got to meet you. I got to meet your whole family. Absolutely delightful. <laughs> well, it was, well, it was lovely because you very kindly agreed to um, let us stay at your, <laughs> your place until the, the keys, um, which I was left in Barcelona, were delivered to um, <laughs> to Naples <laughs> so that we could get into um, yeah. Um, um, Paul, I'm just getting a couple of messages here. Is yeah. there any way you can turn up your volume a little bit? I'm just trying to work that out and see if I can. I don't know how without kind of coming out, going into the settings somehow. Um, hang on just one second. Let me see if I can do something about it. I don't know if that's any better. But, yeah, no. Um, I, I can hear you a bit better, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Okay, I've just turned the, turned the volume up so I can hear you a lot better. Um, <laughs> let me... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, back to yeah. back to Naples because we've got Diego Maradona. He was here for, mm. and he still is a legend here. Mm. And um, he he also lived in in that house in Barcelona. Apparently, Gosh, he got he lived in some fantastic places. He did well. Yeah, no, the Young Learner Centres are. It's, it's unfortunately it's closed now. Um, but yes, it was fantastic. It's a fantastic place to be and to work. And I think the fact that it was dedicated, you know, it was a dedicated Young Learner Centre, so it was set up for kids mm -hmm. um, and teenagers, and someone made it. Uh, you know, very. It was a very kind of vibrant place to work. I don't know. I don't know what your experience is, but I've I've always yeah. sort of found that young learners, young young learner teachers tend to. Um, be tend to have kind of a, a sort of an enthusiasm or a, a yeah that, that perhaps adult teachers or, or teachers who you know who only teach adults tend not to have um so I don't know I mean I don't know if that's the same everywhere but it certainly I felt think, like that yeah I mean I always I mean our staff room was always a combination of adult teachers and young learners mm -hmm. and young learners teachers wanted things to be tidy and organized and <laughs> um adult teachers probably didn't have the same <laughs> Yeah. Need, yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> they didn't need scissors and glue and things like that. I guess that's sort of uh, you know maybe maybe that's where the enthusiasm comes from. Too much too much sticking and cutting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're. Um, I've got an echo now. Um, do you mean what's going on? It's not a good. It's not a good tech day. <laughs> that's tech. <laughs> that's tech. Yes. Um, so you're in Barcelona now. We've got to that. How did yeah. you move over to to teaching English? Um, yeah, okay, that's a good point. Um, so I mean, I was sort of saying about the Twitter thing and about the technology thing, and about I mean the fact that my role was was around teacher training and teacher development, um, and I was finding that there were a lot of resources um, online, um, and a lot of the work I was doing. With teachers was was um, was sort of helping them to to find resources online. Um, so it don't know. It just kind of seemed to be what one of the things I became very interested in was was around communities of practice and online communities of practice and how they work and how people get resources and how that kind of then 
works in the classroom, how they get from from this this sort of community to find resources to improve their teaching and, and develop online in that way. So um, that's sort of where I got into the websites. And then, to be, to be honest, the job came up. Um, I applied for it and I got it. So it's kind of you know, there wasn't some sort of magic moment. I think it was just it's felt like a natural progression to move from face to face teaching to to kind of online support or, or providing resources online so that's kind of how I got into it really um, and yeah and, um, and when you it. started was it on the scale that it is now um, I mean it was it was always quite it's always been quite big I think when I took over so so we so we currently have around about seven seven million teachers or seven million people anyway worldwide use the website um and when i took over it was something around i think it was still you know it's four four or mm. five million four or five million so we've so you know we've we've grown the audience um in that time um but it's always been quite quite big i, I sort of wonder whether there are actually seven million english language teachers in the world um so i'm always a bit i'm always a bit dubious and skeptical and sort of bandy that figure around go, oh, yeah, i million. think i think there'd be more than that actually Probably. Yeah, they probably are. To be honest, it, it would be. Yeah, I probably should. Probably should. <laughs> I'm I probably. I probably should don't, know. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking in Italy. This we've got. I mean, if you think about all the schools we have. Mm. Yeah. I mean, true. So you know, it's yeah, it's. I mean, I think what we've where, where we've gone with the site when I took over, there was there was a lot going on. There was a lot of professional development. There was, um, and, and I think kind of we moved perhaps shifted towards providing classroom resources um mm -hmm. so, so lesson plans activities songs etc etc um and that's that's always been the staple i think of the site and that's if you look at any of the, the sort of the data which i do um on a sadly regular basis that, that's <laughs> that's where people kind of go i mean it's you know the most popular part of the site is um secondary lesson plans lesson plans for secondary learners at sort of a to b1 level so mm. i think that kind of i mean that, that and that's kind of quite interesting insight it's obviously kind of where the bulk of, of learners are around the world um, at that sort of level and that kind of age group and that's mm. where our, our sort of biggest audience comes from i suppose or, or that's where our audience goes to um mostly but you know there's a lot more there um and we can kind of yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, the, the offer for teachers is enormous. Mm -hmm. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, okay. Um, so let me think. Okay, so, we, so we've got – so there's the audience is teachers and teacher educators. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. But um, for, for teachers, we've got uh, practical resources for primary – um, teachers of primary, teachers of secondary, and teachers of adults. We've got a few business um, business lessons there as well. Uh, webinars. We run a series of webinars. A schedule. Was, it's kind of fortnightly, I think, at the moment. We run so we run webinars every two weeks, pretty much, um, mm. for teachers, and that's that's fantastic. That we've seen that grow hugely. I think, obviously, since since COVID and since lockdown and since a lot of people went went online, um, the the sort of the support that we've given through the webinars um, has, has been huge. Uh, and we've seen, a, yeah, as I say, a big, a big Absolutely. increase yeah. in the audience for that. Do you, uh, think, do you think that 
we're not out of it yet, but do you think there's been a drop um, since people started going back to school? In people coming to webinars? No, I don't think so. Um, mm. I mean, it's sort of been fairly steady. I think people appreciate... Okay, so, I mean, one of the things that we, that we try and do is, is combine... Um, speakers so we'll get people who you know perhaps have a, a big reputation globally and they'll come and, and do a webinar and that's that's always great um, but then a lot of the time what we have is um, people working you know what, what we want to do is is give people ideas for their classrooms mm. and, and help them develop as teachers so a lot of the speakers that we get are um are, are teachers so are people working in english language teaching whether that's in a state school whether that's in um, an academy or whether they've recently moved to sort of a, a more teacher development or teacher trainer kind of role um but generally we try and keep things practical and i think you know if you think about attending conferences and the cost of of attending conferences and the and the you know the the hassle of traveling and everything else to go yep. and see <laughs> a, a speaker and, and so on. But what, what we're sort of providing is that in, in people's living rooms, essentially. So, um, you know, it's something I think, which is, has obviously become incredibly popular. Every organization runs webinars. Um, and we sort of started doing that, I think in around 2015 and we were getting, you know, we were lucky if we'd get a hundred people come to a webinar. Now, now we sort of see, Sort of upwards of four between four hundred and a thousand people kind of coming to webinars. So it's you know, it's 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 clearly a, a channel of, of you know form of professional development that um, that appeals to to a lot of people. And you know the feedback's always pretty good. The, are they because, are they recorded so people can watch them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we record them all. Um, they're always available. So they're all available to watch as recordings um, on the page on on the website. And also, uh, we put them now onto YouTube. So if you need to have subtitles, then um, YouTube generates that. We've also started streaming to Facebook, so we get quite a big audience now through through Facebook. So we'll we'll do the webinar through Zoom. We'll live stream it to Facebook, um, and then you see, so then you get a, you know, an additional audience that way. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's interesting. It's good, and and you know, the speakers. As I say the speakers are fantastic, and they're all they're always engaging. They always have a lot to say. Um, and there's always a lot that people kind of get from that. So, you know, that's something that will be continuing, I think, indefinitely. I think that's a very good thing. I also noticed the, the Facebook Lives that you guys do, mm. Marcus and... Yeah, and Karen, yeah. And Karen, yeah. Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're fantastic. Yeah. They're amazing. I don't know how they do it, to be honest, but they seem to be <laughs> constantly running Facebook Lives. I mean, they, they do a like a, a weekly thing. It's like a weekly roundup of, of what's been happening. Um, mm. And that, that's, that's really nice to watch. It's a bit more informal. It's a bit more chatty. But then we'll often try that. They, <laughs> Marcus and Karen are just uh, fun, fun, uh, 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 brilliant at knowing what's happening and when mm. it's happening um, and also what, what people want. And then and then providing that you know either through a Facebook Live or through a, through posts which kind of promote resources or whatever, um, mm -hmm. and they just seem to, to to manage to be able to keep on top of that and do it, which is um, you know which, which which is great. And I think people are starting people sort of expect that now, um, you know that. So you get you get to the point where maybe there isn't a Facebook Live and people start to, to kind of comment what, what what's happened to the Facebook Lives or when's the next Facebook you know so it's you know it's, it's a little community really yeah I think so um, mm. and they'll often support with so we're doing training courses we're doing I mean 
MOOCs, I suppose you want to call them, um, free online courses. Uh, we've got one running at the moment, Teaching Speaking, which there's there's a Facebook, there's always a Facebook group which is set up to support the the, the training itself, and then mm-hmm. and then also we we run the Facebook lives that support, or Marcus and Karen anyway run the Facebook lives that um that support that course. So the the whole idea is you know you've got this ecosystem of some some training webinars hopefully that tie in with the theme facebook lives which are a bit more informal a bit more chatty and a bit more kind of talking to experts um and then the resources on the site so the the whole idea is that you know you have this professional development i want to say yeah i say ecosystem that's the best word i can think of which <laughs> you know it gives gives you everything it gives you the training it gives you the content it gives you the access to um, expertise um it gives you an opportunity to share and discuss and talk um and ask questions yeah something that <laughs> if you don't have a staff room to go to then that's a great resource yeah it is and i think you know even i think even if you have a staff room you know and, and again sort of going back to that, that sort of twitter time um you know you, you have the sort of physical staff room and you have the people there that you can talk to and bounce ideas off and share um resources with but it's still very contained within the context that you're working in. Whereas I think, you know, the, the, the sort of the global aspect, if you like, of, um, of, of, of what we try to provide and what a lot of other people try to provide with the kind of online element is that you learn about other contexts. You learn about how teachers are working in, in different places and their solutions to problems that you might have that you maybe you haven't thought about because, um, you know, you, you haven't been exposed to, to that context before. So it's, you know, it really is um, important. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's great that there is that, that sort of global community and there is that sharing. And, it, and you know, there does seem to be. So it's, um, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Well done. I mean, what advice would you give to someone wanting to to get into the the teaching english world um world <laughs> i suppose that is yeah um i guess well we've got the page you can always you know the facebook page is always there we're also um in the process of setting up an instagram channel because we found that our that, that um, Facebook is is increasingly for an I don't want to how to say this an aging an aging teacher audience um, and young, younger younger teachers don't tend to kind of go onto Facebook so no um, they don't no. <laughs> yeah. so we so we're sort of seeing yeah an interesting sort of shift in the demographic but um, yeah go to the page there's also a closed Facebook group. Um, I say, I mean, closed makes it sound sort of, you know, like you've got to pass a series of tests to get in. You haven't, you just, you know, say you want to join the group and then, you know, there's there's a set of rules that you have to kind of say that you'll adhere to. And that's where a lot of the, the more kind of, I suppose, um, in-depth conversations happen perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, and then, yeah, sign up for some of the training that we do. We've got, as I say, we've got teaching speaking on at the moment that, that finishes next week and then in March we've got a course a four-week course on teaching pronunciation Um, and then in April we've got one coming up around remote how to teach remotely Um, so that should be useful great so yeah just do that go to Facebook go to the website I think have a look around it's a big site so it's you know it's worth sort of having a look spending a bit of time on the site and having a look around and seeing what there is you know within professional development we've got a whole series of um, we've got a CPD framework for teachers, a CPD framework 
for teacher educators. So if you're a trainer or if you're a manager, then we've got resources there as well. Um, and it's all divided up into these, we, we call them professional practices. Um, and there are resources within those. <laughs> it took a long time to decide, okay, professional practices, because a lot of, a lot of the time you look at professional development and it's all very much around competencies um, and what, what you and can do type stuff. And what, mm. we wanted to, what we wanted to try and do with the, the CPD frameworks was to sort of move it into the arena of, of what you do do, what you actually do, um, rather than what you can do and whether you're competent is more around, you know. That's a refreshing approach. Because <laughs> competencies <laughs> used to do my head in. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it didn't quite match. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, well, you just sort of feel like you're, you know, you're constantly trying to attain some level all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think also, you know, the, the, other, the other kind of key thing with the frameworks that we've got and the professional development that we try and promote is that it's it's not it's not linear so so that within the sort of the 12 professional practices there are certain elements of you know 21st century skills using ict uh managing the lesson planning planning lessons etc etc and you're always going to be you know better at some things than others so absolutely yeah i mean i I can kind of see that with teachers coming off the celta right they're right. good at some things, but not <laughs> others. Well, yeah. And, and you can't expect more than that, really. Um, I don't think so, no. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, I think, you know, the whole, the whole idea, I think, as, as, as teachers is to sort of identify where we're stronger and then identify the areas where maybe we need more support and then, and then you know, find the resources that, that support that. And like I say, we've got, on Teaching English, we've got that through the, through the, the, the actual resources themselves but then also through the community through the training and so on so the idea is that you know what what, what we're trying to provide is support in the areas where teachers have identified for themselves that that's where they need the the, the most support um okay so, yeah. paul i'm gonna give you a little break okay <laughs> we're gonna listen to the news and okay. be back in about eight minutes all right This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram 
or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash career. sessions for learners. In a trial, over 1,800 learners will receive five hours of per week over a 10-week period. The Welsh Government has drawn on international models and proposals made by the Education Policy Institute and the trial is focused on supporting disadvantaged pupils and schools particularly affected during the pandemic. Jeremy Miles said, we know from research that young people can gain in confidence and well-being from this approach, especially disadvantaged learners. Programmes which provide enriching and stimulating additional sessions and support learners to re-engage with learning can have a greater impact on attainment than those that are solely academic in focus. The trial is a great opportunity to gather further evidence on how we use and structure time at school and how that might evolve in the future. We will be learning how those additional sessions might improve well-being, academic progression and increased social and cultural capital. As we move forward, we will continue to support schools with even stronger community engagement so that we deliver on our mission to tackle the impact of poverty on educational attainment and achieve high standards for all. In England, the government has announced 55 education cold spots that have been identified as part of the levelling up agenda. Areas such as Walsall and Rochdale, where education outcomes are weakest, will be targeted for support, with teachers offered a levelling up premium 
to improve retention. According to a report in The Independent, schools in the education investment areas, which are judged less than good by Ofsted in successive inspections, could be moved into multi-academy trusts under the plans. A government release states that education will be at the heart of the major new reforms, set to give every child and adult the skills they need to fulfil their potential, no matter where they live. As part of the White Paper plans, the Department for Education will offer retention payments to help schools keep the best teachers in the highest priority subjects. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, as we approach Safe Internet Day next week, it's the 8th of February, if you didn't know, I'm going to take a look at keeping yourself safe as a teacher. I'm not going to go into your digital footprint or how you use social media. That's been covered in your safeguarding training, no doubt, and should be common sense. There is, however, a real grey area when it comes to teachers and using their phones in school. Before a start, all schools should have a policy on mobile phones, and you should have read it. I suggest, if you're not sure what it is, then you find out. There is DFE guidance for searching, screening and confiscating for pupils, for staff, policies in schools range from SLT having different rules to other staff so they can be contacted to phones must be switched off or on silence when pupils are present. Some are even introducing a smartwatch policy as they become increasingly more popular. The first step to keeping yourself safe is to make sure you know what is expected in your school as it's the individual schools that decide and there is no official guidance. The next step is a choice. Images, still or moving, are a great way to evidence work and to feed back to pupils. If your policy allows it, using your phone is the simplest way, as it's always with you. To give a real example, a PE teacher at a match doesn't need to remember to take the school camera and probably has a better camera on their phone anyway. But here's the dilemma. Should teachers have pictures of children on their personal phones? Again, school policy will dictate this, and parents will have signed a form saying they give permission or not, so you're covered to take the picture, but the question still stands, should it be done on a personal device? This is where I feel the need to keep ourselves safe lies. How long do you keep the images on your phone? Are they automatically backed up into your personal cloud? How do you transfer from your device to the school storage? What if your phone's lost or stolen? I'm not here to provide an answer. I just want you to think about keeping yourself safe. If you take images on a school device, you avoid all of these issues. It may be a little more effort, but in the rare event of an allegation, it's a lot simpler to investigate. Please think about your use of personal devices in school. And if your policy isn't keeping up with what you're doing, consider raising it. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2020 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And we're back again with Paul Braddock. Mm. Um, Paul, <laughs> good morning again. Hi, Jane, again. <laughs> Paul, I'm going to ask you a couple of, of, of questions and then I'll, I'll probably ask you some silly questions. Mm. Um, just thinking about your career, mm-hmm. what do you wish you'd known when you started out? Oh, God. Um, what do I wish I'd known when I started out? Um, oh, God, that's a really good question. And it's one I'm a bit stumped by, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I think, I guess, I mean, I. <laughs> I guess how much there is to teaching, you know, I think 
when you start out you just mm. you know you do this I mean in my, well in my case anyway you know a month's teaching course and then you're sort of pushed out the door and into a classroom um and there's a huge amount to learn and there's so much more about teaching than just kind of going into the classroom opening a book getting the students to open a book and you know assuming that they'll they'll somehow learn um through mm. what, what you say to them um uh i think you know i th- i think i would so I, th- I think that's you know that's important and i wish i'd known how much more there is to learning i think also um how important it is to have support from from colleagues mm. and from from the institution that you're working at um you know i sort of gave, gave the example when i first started out of being chucked in a store cupboard to teach i wouldn't say that was a hugely supportive learning environment or teaching mm. environment you know and I, th- I think that's especially particularly now you know i think with, yeah. with with covid and well-being and mental health and all the rest of it having um or knowing where to go for that support mm. and being able to find that support to get through you know what is a incredibly difficult time for everyone um is 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 hugely important um yeah yeah i think i was kind of lucky in the places that i've um, i really i sort of worked in a few cowboy outfits in naples but then was lucky to um to get a job with the british council and the staff room at the time when I joined, it had sort of, you know, I'm teaching this and then there was a teacher who would say, okay, go to this book. She, mm-hmm. she literally knew all the books on the on the bookshelf and she'd say there's an activity in that book, do this. Um, so supportive and so kind. And, and everyone was sort of um, there to help. I was kind of off the yeah. seltzer and didn't really have a, much of a clue myself. I did have a bit of a clue, I must. Right. But um, the support of, of those teachers was extraordinary and something that i hope continues <laughs> yeah well yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly i think i mean you know yeah like you say you know when you're first teaching and also when you know i think the, the support that you get and the experiences that you have when you first start out teaching mm. help it sort of inform how you kind of need to be with newer teachers when you've been there for a, for a while you know mm. it sort of I think it helps you to be a little bit more supportive and considerate and just you know it, it, if, if you've got a staff room or you've got you know a, a working environment where people feel supported and feel happy I mean you know we're all we're all guilty of working in places and complaining about the places that we work but then you know you, like you say you mentioned a few cowboy outfits and we've all we've all been there and we've all done done that <laughs> done um, that don't yeah. want to do it again no <laughs> exactly and, and no nowhere's perfect but you know ultimately i think it comes down to the people that you're working with that, that make a place kind of either a good place to work or or not you know mm. so yeah i think your your team now is they're very sort of supportive group of people aren't they i know yeah people who've worked in your team have been extremely happy we've got yeah no we've got doing that yeah, no, no, we've got a fantastic team. I mean, I mentioned Marcus and Karen, um, but you know, we've also got the, with the training, we've got um, a whole online training team, we've got a whole research team. Ellen, who you obviously know, you know yeah. is fantastic. Um, you know, within the sort of the MOOCs that we run, the moderators, there's a guy called Chris Thorne, there's Martin Froggart, there's Shirin Soyos. You know, they're all brilliant people at what they 
do and you know want want to sort of do a good job and i think that just makes mm. everything so much easier when you've got people who are who are kind of motivated and you know and, and in, interested you know interested in what they're doing um, yeah what do you think your unique skill is that has probably helped you most in your job <laughs> <laughs> Apart from being a really nice guy and occasionally forgetting keys, but <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, my organisational ability. <laughs> um, but everything else seems to tick along very nicely, Paul. <laughs> thank you. Thanks very kind. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. I, th- I think, um, I think knowing knowing who the right people to go to are um, for for help with or you know for support with projects or programs is is um, is key. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I kind of have managed to do that. I suppose the other thing is, because um, there's always so much going on, there are all, always so many kind of projects or programs or things that need to be done or, you know, and I think it's the key thing is to just not panic um, and not feel that everything has to be done now. You know, things can kind of wait a little bit and, I, th- I think you know. I'm sort of saying all this, and I'm thinking mm. in my head. It doesn't sound like me at all. But, you know, a certain, certain no, level. It does level. sound like you. Does yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that I guess skill is is sort of um, not being overly panicky or worried when it feels like there are so many things to do. Um, we didn't talk a lot about projects, but there are several projects mm. that um, that you do um what's your what's your sort of favorite little corner of teaching english is there a project that just really um excites you yeah okay i mean it's so it's, it's, it's interesting yeah there is um mm-hmm. we've got a pod, we've got a podcast that we're doing at the moment um and there's a guy called chris Salton um and mm-hmm. chris, chris dyer who are producing that um and we've got support internally from um a woman called Rebecca Ronson and Ellen actually um, is involved in that, and that's something that I'm really excited about. I'm excited about where that where that goes, um, mm. and we're sort of halfway through season series one at the minute. Um, each episode is sort of designed to answer or discuss a question. Uh, so, um, so for example, the episode that we've got coming out this Friday is how can I te- teach effectively in challenging contexts. Um, and each episode basically focuses on a British Council project which has worked in that, mm. con- in that context. And then there's an interview with um, with someone about their um, suggestions for, for solutions um, and answers to those questions. And that's going really well. And it's something that I wanted to do for a long, long time. Um, and never. Really I have, did. yeah, and I have actually listened to um, a couple of them. Okay. And I just, I think it, it, it's amazing when you listen to what is happening around the world and hearing about the mm. projects that are happening, um, mm. because yeah. it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is, there is, and I think I mean this is sort of one of the nicest things about my job is I think teaching English is is quite a, a sort of a central hub for a lot of things. So we sort of we touch a lot of 
areas and a lot of projects. I was going to say people. We don't touch people. That, that, <laughs> that's weird. Um, but we no. sort of t- no, but we, we 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 kind of in touch with and we in contact with a lot of projects and programs. So um, in sub-Saharan Africa, for example, we, we're, we're sort of involved in a monitoring and evaluation project around teachers' access to um, resources and et cetera, et cetera, sort of self-directed learning. Um, mm. In South Asia, you know, we recently helped out with um, some webinars that the, that the British Council is trying to do in Myanmar. So, you you know, you find out a huge amount about what's going on. And I think, you know, it's it's something that when I was perhaps working in a teaching centre, you know, as a teacher, you're not really aware of the other things. That, of all the things that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's so much that goes on that, you know, is, is for the benefit of, um, of of teachers working in very challenging context um and, and so it sort of feels it's kind of feel good i suppose but it you know it, it makes you feel like what what you're doing is is worthwhile um mm. so you know hopefully the podcast is is sort of capturing some of some of that like you said you know there were some there were lots of projects going on and i think you know what we're trying to do is not showcase but at least you know sort of use those projects um in a way that that helps teachers globally sort of see that you know there are solutions to some of these 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 problems and there are answers to some of these questions and these projects are are, are attempting to sort of um, address those issues um so it kind of i mean it makes sense i mean where where we're dealing with teaching large classes um a lot of a lot of teach of, of, of elt teachers have perhaps taught in private language schools where they've got a, a small class film sort of about between 10 and 14 students mm. and to then maybe move on to a state school role mm. where you've in some classes you've got you know 30 yeah yeah um, in other you're going going looking to to countries mm. that have even larger class yeah. class film yeah. <laughs> can help you to to learn about how to manage the um absolutely to manage the um yeah the, it was just sort of see, yeah i think it's it's sort of having that awareness you know of 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 other other things and if you're moving into you know a context where you are moving into state school education you know there's there's the large classes issue i think also you know you see a lot of issues within classes with special educational needs or specific educational needs there's also kind of you know social economic issues that are going on and you know as a teacher you may not be fully aware of that and mm. it's you know it's a huge it's a huge challenge and a huge change from kind of moving yeah from acad- academy teaching perhaps where right? you say you've got you know you you know have 10 15 kids you come into your lives twice a week for an hour and a half to, to sort of shifting into something where you're there day in day out with these with these people working in these these um these circumstances challenging contexts it's yeah. uh, you know it's it's um it's it's a huge thing and i think you know i mean you look at sustainable development goals and goal 4 in education and you know i think i was reading around covid-19 and how it's apparently wiped out 20 years of education gains um Oh yeah, no, which is massive. So it's kind of you know. Sorry, I've gone a bit dark. <laughs> yes, to lighten um, things up a bit in a minute. <laughs> sorry, yeah. But, yeah. You know, the, I mean, the, the, the point is, I think that you know what 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 we need to sort of try and do in the position that we're in, the lucky position that we're in, in having the website and having the community that we have and the people that we work with, um, you know, is is is, is there to address those um, that the, the sort of 
you know, the potential losses through COVID or through whatever, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, help help education systems globally to, you know, to improve, you know, obviously you've got, you've got educated people and you've got an ed- a good education system, then that, everything else sort of tends to fall into place. I think, you know, in terms of, you know, that, that moving forward into, into adulthood and through having yeah. a, good, a good education um, or at least access to a quality education, you know, your opportunities as an adult, are, uh, you know, increase massively. Mm. Um, you're able to think more critically. So that when you do go into work, that the kind of work that you do and the kind of thinking, that you do whether you're working in the private sector or you're working in government you know everything's informed by that education if you've not had access to that education then obviously you know um your opportunities are, are far more limited yeah. so you know i'm not mm. trying to say that teaching <laughs> no 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 i mean it, that's sort of that, of, but... that is about that's what agenda 2030 is all about really isn't it it's it's mm-hmm. addressing that and mm. um and changing yeah things <laughs> yeah. so that people do have access to to proper education yeah I think so. Mm. so you know i mean i think you know just sort of talking about the podcast obviously we've, i say we're, we're halfway through series one we're already thinking about what to do next and talking with um with chris and chris and others around what we do with series two three four whatever mm. is, is rather than us forever sort of producing episodes what we want to try and do is work with um groups of people in um, in different parts of the world, different regions, and help them to produce their own kind of podcast episodes that we would obviously host on the side. Mm-hmm. So, so the next sort of few series might well be, you know, a, um, a group of teachers or a group of people working in, I don't know, sub-Saharan Africa who produce six episodes based on their con- context, you know, and it's kind of giving them the tools to be able to, to do that um, yeah. and supporting them to be able to do that. That, that we're sort of looking at doing next. So that's why it's quite, for me, it's quite exciting but where we go with that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you just a couple of, of strange questions. Um, my first one is, what is your favourite word? <laughs> uh, my favourite word, is a, um, it's in Spanish, actually, which is arco iris, which is rainbow in Spanish. Um, oh. I don't know why, but that's my favourite word. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of got a nice sound to it, you know, it sort of sounds like a rainbow. It does sound like a rainbow. It's sort of, yeah, it, it, it's rounded, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. it in Italian? Do you know what it is in Italian? It's arcobaleno. Ah, okay, so similar. Similar, yeah. <laughs> arcobaleno, arcobalena. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's masculine or feminine. I'm going to have to check that. Um, apologies. <laughs> it's sort of when I've got, well, yeah, when I'm speaking, doing an interview, I haven't got an Italian head on. <laughs> It doesn't work for me. <laughs> All Italian people going, oh, my God. Oh, my God, how embarrassing is she? Yes. <laughs> okay, if you could have a superpower, Paul, what would it be? A superpower? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, this is the sort of thing we talk about at home sometimes at dinner. <laughs> and I'm always, I'm always a bit stumped. My, kid, my kids always go, oh, well, you know, be invisible, be able to fly. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, stop, stop time would be quite nice, actually. Just sort of going back to how much work there is sometimes. Be nice to be able to stop time, but sort of, ca- you know, for me to be able to carry on and get things done and then for time to start again. So, yeah, stop time, perhaps. I think that, yeah, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? You just sort of stop and then you get everything done and then you've kind of got Thursday and Friday to just chill. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. When I, I always sort of said, I'm going to get to this four-day week. I'm going to get to the four-day week. Mm. And there's always something to do on a Friday. So always. <laughs> always. always. 
even, yeah, even though you plan to kind of, yeah, I'm going to do this and this, and an email comes in or something comes in or it's, oh, Christ. But yeah, 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 stopping time. If you were a type of, or if you were a language learning theory, <laughs> what would you be? Um, probably dog me, I think. Um, <laughs> sort of a bit random, isn't it? Unplanned. So, yeah. <laughs> Probably that emerge. See how things emerge. I quite like seeing how things sort of emerge and thing. Yeah, so yeah. Probably, probably that. So not, com not community language learning or or any of those. <laughs> Don't grammar translation. Grammar no. translation. <laughs> no. Dictogloss. No. No. That was Mark. I remember doing dictogloss for my diploma. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> it was. It does work. It still yeah, yeah. works. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a place for it, definitely. Definitely, mm. yeah. I think I, I think certainly think going online, uh, um, mm -hmm. it does work. Um, yeah. I, yeah, well, and... I think it's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. If you could switch jobs with someone for a day, mm. who would you choose? Do I have to name a particular person, the name of a person, or can I just sort of say... You could just describe the job or the, you know, oh. the, the type of person, yeah. Uh, uh, probably a gardener. <laughs> <laughs> we can always come around here, there's plenty to do, yeah, <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you're that way inclined. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of your, thinking of your garden, actually, yeah. Um, a gardener or a, or a carpenter, I like doing, I like making things with, with mm. wood. Um, and I like I like kind of being outside. I like doing. I mean, I'm not the best gardener on the planet, but I do quite like the idea of you know that of, of, of being. I'd, I'd like to be quite good at it, or or a mm. chef. I'd like to be a, a chef potentially for a day. It's quite an eclectic yeah, <laughs> selection yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> chef, chef gardener, carpenter. chef gardener, carpenter. So, Although yeah. they're, I mean, they're all very very handy professions. I mean, I think I called mm. my my carpenter to come around and look at my windows. Okay. It must have been just before lockdown, and he still hasn't got back to me with a quote. I hope he's all right, but um, you know, in in the past, yeah, I mean, you can you do literally need to plan a year ahead if you do want any any work done with him because right. he's always busy. Okay, okay, there you go. You see, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always in demand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chefs, I'm. Um, there are a lot of them around. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've got a few friends that are chefs, and actually thinking about it, I probably would take that one back because um, they always seem quite stressed. I mean, they love obviously they love what they do, but there's there's a certain level of of stress with, with uh, yeah working in kitchens. Yeah, I think also isn't it? There's some some theory that my husband has is that because they spend quite a lot of time near gas, it <laughs> wow. does actually have an effect on their their mental health uh, later on. Just being constantly yeah. exposed to gas. Jeez, <laughs> he really? seems he seems to think that anyway. Maybe because he argues with with his chefs occasionally. <laughs> That's the gas. That's interesting. It's the gas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. And gardeners, they are very they are also difficult to find. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I and think it's such a nice I don't know, to to be able to to be a I don't know, if you were sort of a top Garden, or not even a top gardener. I think it's just the idea of, of sort of being outside and sort of shaping nature. You know, I think mm -hmm. it's quite quite nice and romantic about that. Yeah, <laughs> that that actually reminds me of my grandfather. He was a brilliant gardener, and and spent 
most of his retirement just you just find him in the garden right. whistling away that was what he liked doing okay and he was good at it yeah a lot of older people have lovely gardens because they have the time to spend don't they you know it's sort of uh yeah yeah garden for example but yeah anyway how is she? She well? Yeah, she, she, is. she is. Yeah, not not suffering in forty five degree heat. Yeah, she's. Oh, but she. But even if she was suffering in forty five degree heat, she was so composed and always so you know hair all all ready and amazing woman, amazing woman. Paul, thank you so much for for chatting today. It's been really really lovely to get a bit more insight into your job and you, and I'm sure all the people that have expressed interest will either listen back um, on Teachers Talk Radio or um, are listening now and we just can't see them. Um, but thank you so much for coming and chatting. And um, thank you for telling us about all the really interesting projects and continue with the great work, which is teaching English. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jane. Really nice to talk to you as well. Really lovely to it. lovely to chat and um come back again <laughs> i will yeah yeah i will i'm sure all right yeah yeah happy to great yeah. okay so next week um sorry bye paul i forgot to say goodbye <laughs> thank right. you bye. you can bye, stay in if you like um next week i'm talking to laura jane mcwilliams about her about mentoring yes um so that's um that's something to look forward to for next week um thank you everyone for listening this morning and see you next week don't forget to tune in this afternoon for harry waters uh the drive home and take care take care <laughs> see you soon You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.